0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Bibles. Here we're going to be looking at two different passages here in Scripture, Matthew chapter nine and Acts chapter thirteen. We're going to be preaching on the Lord of the Harvest, the Harvest is what we want to experience. We're, this is a sermon series on prayer. And we are in a desperate time right now for prayer. There's so many different things we need to be praying for. We need to be praying for what we just prayed for. We need to be praying for revival in our nation. Our nation is desperate for revival. We need to be praying for this COVID epidemic. Sherry's sister found out yesterday She's, she has COVID. Vaccinated folks are now getting COVID. I was just walking around. Some of you, at least two of you, already told me you have family members that have COVID, uh, that are extended, might not be immediate family members, but people in your people in your family have this virus, and it's something that is still here. It's a reality. We want to be praying that this is a, a miraculous healing that Lord sends this away and that it's not something that just continues to plague us on and on. Many lives have been lost from this. And it is uh, also affecting a Christian witness. Many folks are still worshiping online because of COVID, rightfully so. But yesterday at men's prayer breakfast, we were there, and one of the prayer requests was one of the men's... asked for prayer for our nation, for revival. Our nation is in desperate need of revival. There's so many things, so many issues today. If it's not politics... You can fight over COVID. We've got a mess in Afghanistan. Uh, Folks uh, don't get along racially. And uh, it seems like the problems every week is a a new issue. A new something to be divided over. But we as believers, Jesus is going to take our attention and he's going to focus it to what's most important. And what's most important is what he calls the harvest. What is the harvest? The harvest is people who are out there, as Jesus describes them, as sheep without a shepherd. Meaning, these people do not know the Lord. So many of our problems are spiritual problems that can only be solved with a spiritual answer. And that spiritual answer is Christ alone. He alone saves. Our friends in Afghanistan, many of these people are Muslims. They are spiritually lost. They need to repent and turn to the Lord and be saved. We want to be praying for their salvation. The devil has blinded many Americans thinking our problems in our country is a political problem. But it's not a political problem. Politics will not solve spiritual issues. Only Christ alone, and His forgiveness, and what Jesus did on the cross, can change someone's heart. Only Christ can save. And we are diligent in boldly proclaiming this message. And that's what we call the harvest. Where you see this great field that's ripe for the gospel and that's what we want to participate in God wants to use you to see a great harvest in your life many of us walk around and we're spiritually defeated and the Lord wants to change that with us and that's what we're going to be looking at so go ahead first turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. When we do not pray, we are participating in what we call unbelief. Prayerlessness is when we decide we don't really believe God. Because if we believed God, we would be praying to God about that. You know, many times, if we are fearful, if we're anxious if we're lacking joy, if we're lethargic in our spiritual lives, that's all symptoms of one thing. And that one thing is the lack of our prayer life. It's prayerlessness. We refuse to bring it to God. I want you to know, what is, God, what is prayer? Prayer is when you, when your life meets with God. You are talking to Him. It's the intersection of God and you. Now that sounds very easy, but it's a challenge. Prayer requires work. You have to put away the distractions. You have to be able to say, I'm going to devote this time with the Lord. C.S. Lewis, about 100 years ago, wrote about prayer. He described the enemy of prayer as what he calls the kingdom of of noise. And that's the kingdom we live in right now. The kingdom of noise, he described, prayerlessness. Everywhere you go, you hear noise. Even in church, you come here and you want to get your money's worth. You want to hear good singing, good preaching. You want to hear, you want to walk away inspired to go the rest of your day and the rest of your week. In fact, if you just came to church And it was truly a prayer meeting, and all we did was pray. You might kind of walk away, well, you know. I guess the preacher didn't prepare a sermon. I guess Gene, David's recovering from knee surgery, they didn't really sing any songs. It's this idea of almost, it's not enough to pray. There needs to be something more. Prayer is just, it's, it's simple. It's just, you're meeting with God. You're talking with God. But the Bible tells us, This is the key, the solution that unlocks, we're going to see here in the Scriptures, the harvest. If you want to experience the harvest in your life, and the harvest is more than people getting saved. The harvest is your life going from this boring, lethargic, joyless life to waking up in the morning and saying, Lord, I have sought you. As as Psalm 119, verse 10 says, Lord, I have sought you with all my heart. Lord, I'm yours. Here I am, God. Use me. Lord, take my prayers for Afghanistan and the tragedy going on over there. Lord, let me participate. We are utterly helpless to do anything. I even looked up. I wanted this is how I much I started. I wanted to even have, send like a care package to Afghanistan this past week. Because I was like, what can I do? You can't send right now care the there are one airport over there, they're not taking care packages. Like literally, when I say we are helpless to the point of actually doing anything, all we can do in that situation is turn and pray to the Lord. We surrender to Him. We're uncomfortable with silence. It makes us feel uncomfortable. We feel we need to do something. I was bragging to Sherry this week how little time I spend on social media. And I'm actually not on the computer, or not on my phone very much. And she laughs says, that's not true. Daniel, you're on the phone in transition all the time. Anytime she's right, I didn't think of that. Anytime I find myself standing in line, you're waiting for something, you have a few minutes, a few seconds, even a downtime, we pick up our devices. It's almost like you have to fill that emptiness. That's me. I might not sit there and say, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes on the computer looking at stuff on the internet. No, folks don't do that. Well, some folks don't do that. But throughout your day, you're going through, you're feeling that noise. Where the Lord here is telling us that the kingdom of noise, silence, actually is something we need. The kingdom of noise is a distraction. And God is calling us to experience the harvest with Him. And to, for us to be able to make that time and say, Lord, I'm going I'm to quit doing all this other stuff. And I'm going to spend time with you. I want to tell you, the best time to do that, at least for me, is the mornings. Because once your day gets going, you lose it. Then at night time, you're exhausted. You start your days with the Lord. It changes your life. Open here in your Bible. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus continued going around all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Look at what He's doing. He's teaching. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom. And He's healing every type of disease and sickness. Jesus' ministry here, He's not only leading people to faith in Him about the kingdom of God, He's performing healing ministry. There were so many needs that he was meeting. He was going in all the different towns, just all over the place. He's seeing their needs. And look what it says in verse 36. When he saw the crowds, so there were a big crowd, a lot of folks were there. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion on them. He saw what was going on. Because they were distressed and dejected. Meaning, they were just like us. They were anxious, they were nervous. They didn't know what to do. They felt lost, confused, helpless. They're just out there. And Jesus looks at these folks. They're searching for answers. And I only to tell you, that might not be you. You might be saved. You're a born-again believer. You know you have faith in Christ. But I tell you, someone who does not know the Lord, they are spiritually lost and confused right now because they, all they hear is confusing, conflicting messages. And Jesus is reminding us. He had compassion on them. He was empathetic. He's, he felt their need. He didn't criticize them. He didn't talk bad about them. When he was attacked, he felt, blessed. these folks hard. They need to be saved. They need to meet the Holy Spirit. They need to receive the power of the blood. while like I do on the cross. And it says in the latter part of verse 36, this is what it's like. Like sheep without a shepherd. That's a lost person for you. A lost person is a wandering sheep without a shepherd. The harvest has a bunch of wild sheep just running around with no shepherd. Jesus tells us in John chapter 6 that he is the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He comes and He guides our life. Psalm 119 tells us God's Word is a lamp unto our feet. It guides our path. And people who do not have that are just wandering around aimlessly. And participating in the harvest, helping people see that is something we must pray about. Look what it says here. It's going to tell us what to do. He gives us an action plan. Then he said, "He sees all this confusion going around, these people without a shepherd. And he turns to his disciples, and he says, Guys, the harvest is abundant. Some of your Bible says the harvest, KJV says, plentiful. I mean, there's a lot of lost folks out there. Plenty of needs. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, I think a lot of times when we hear that word worker, first thing we want to start doing is do something. Like I was thinking this week, let's send care packages to Afghanistan. What can I do to fix this? But the type of work I believe Jesus is talking about doesn't start with our hands. It's going to start with our mouth. He says, we've got this great harvest, but there aren't very many workers. So here's the solution. This is for us. If we want to participate... In a spiritual harvest. If you want to see spiritual renewal in your personal life. If you want to see family members saved. If you want to see revival in our church. In our nation. And desperately for our city. He says, you therefore go pray to the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? Folks, it's Jesus We can pray to Him. He is the Lord of the harvest. God is the one that changes people's lives and brings spiritual renewal. Folks get saved because someone was praying for them. Revival occurs because people, groups of folks, were praying to see the Lord's Spirit to move. Your grandchild who has addiction issues that's squandered all their money on drugs and alcohol. Their life will be transformed because grandma nightly and every morning is faithfully going to the Lord crying out for her grandson to be saved. That is the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest. I want to be a worker. Do you want to be a worker? If you want to be a worker, it starts with prayer. It's not about doing something. It's about realizing, I need to meet with God. Your most valuable time is your time with God. We can't change people. Only God can change people's hearts. If there's a problem, what do you do? You bring it to the Lord. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to show you all an example of what happens when we pray to the Lord of the harvest. Paul was the greatest missionary ever to live. And God called him... God set him apart. God had a plan for him. You know, theoretically, many of us, we have a relationship with God, but practically, we're very distant from him. We know the the right answers. If we were to go around and say, how do you grow spiritually closer to the Lord? I bet nearly 100% of you would say, well, we need to read our Bibles, we need to pray, we need to go to church you would start giving these answers. And you are academically and biblically correct. And if we were taking a test, you would get a hundred. You would pass that test. But that does not mean we're practicing it. We know the answer, but in our lifestyle, our, our daily living, it's very distant from what we're actually doing. And one of the reasons why is going back to that C.S. Lewis quote. Because we live in the kingdom of noise. We have noise all around us. Satan has basically isolated and made us ineffective. The devil has made you an ineffective believer because you're busy. That's that's your problem. You're just busy. You have a to-do list, and even when you start to pray... You start thinking about all the things you need to do. Because you've got things you need to do. And God is telling us this morning, He is the Lord of the harvest. If you want to see harvest in your life, meaning fruit, if you want to experience God's power and victory, spiritual victory in your life, it's only going to be with Him. Many of us aren't seeing great things from God in our life because we are are not praying great prayers our prayer life is literally might be a few seconds and we're wondering god why why is there not more out there because we're praying these small prayers small amounts of time for small things and god is saying i hold the harvest in my hands if you want a great harvest ask for it just ask i'm the, i'm the lord do you know when you, when you don't ask, whatever prevents you from asking God, who's the Lord of the harvest, that is also preventing you from experiencing and participating in that same harvest. And we have to remove these barriers, this kingdom of noise from our life, so we can experience the harvest with God. I want to show you an example here. Turn your Bibles, Acts 13, verse 1. These are t- some guys, who starts out with five men, and two of them get selected. But this is what happens when we pray to the Lord of the harvest. Now the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Matan, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So we see these folks here, they are at this church in Antioch. That was a missionary base. Do you know Antioch today is a Muslim country? This just shows you how much can change. Could one day America, which was a missionary base for missions this past 20 years to Afghanistan. Antioch is in southern Turkey. It's now Islamic places everywhere. Islamic temples. 20 years ago, that was the in many ways, the hub for Christian, Christian missions. God was moving in Antioch. Paul was there. I'm sharing this because just because a nation was faithful one year or one season doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. One day, this could be our country. You quit praying to the Lord. You quit crying out to Him. If you're a nation that ab- abandons His word You lose it. Antioch's gone. So they're in this place with the Lord. It says in verse 2, As they were worshiping, they were in a church service. You want to know where God speaks to you? He speaks to you here. This is where you hear from a word from the Lord. Throughout your week, you're individually bringing these requests, but God has brought you here this morning so you can hear Thus saith the Lord. This is God's message for you. So they're worshiping the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, God spoke to them. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've called them. God's calling. These two people, they've got a special job. And it says, then after they had fasted and they prayed, look at this. They laid their hands on them and they sent them off. Notice nobody tried to talk them out of it. Nobody said, we don't have the money. We can't afford to do that. Uh, that's too dangerous. Do you know, I want to tell you, if, if someone in many ways is called to do something for the Lord, they almost have to overcome the obstacles from fellow Christians to even do it. Everyone will discourage them. Parents will say, oh, you don't make any money doing that. You won't meet a, a great guy, a great girl. You'll die. That's no lifestyle. You can't save for retirement. Every excuse, not here. God said, Barnabas, Saul, I have a special mission for you. And the church realized their calling. They prayed, they fasted, they laid hands on them, and they sent them off. There was no discouraging them from doing the Lord's work. That's what it's like participating in the harvest. One of the great challenges of participating in the harvest today is you have to shake off all the other fellow Christians. Everyone and their brother and your family try to discourage you from doing something for the Lord. They'll keep you too busy from doing something for the Lord. Wives, if you go home and tell your husband that you volunteered for Sunday church, he might try to tell you 15 reasons you can't. You don't have time to do that. But we want to see the Lord is speaking. He calls us to participate in the harvest. Paul answered this call and he was the greatest missionary ever he took the gospel to the nations so this morning if you have your bulletin there's a 3 3 little fill in the blanks here you can fill this out how do you pray to participate in the harvest you want to participate in the harvest and here's how you can do it this morning and it's all about prayer first of all you have to realize And to ask God to open your eyes to spiritual needs. A lot of us don't even realize there's spiritual needs all around us. You have to open your eyes. Remember Jesus, it says he saw the crowds. He looked out and there were these folks that they're just, they're lost. Who in your life, who at your school, who to your neighbor that does not know Jesus? They're not at church this morning. They're not worshiping with our online folks. Jesus looked at those folks, and instead of griping and grumbling, it said he had compassion on them. When you see a need, you have to start saying, I've got to have an empathetic spirit. I have compassion on this. I've struggled with this. Folks like me have been in church their whole life. Professional church members. It's challenging have compassion you look at folks and go well they deserve that i mean they're getting what they reap they they sowed this this is what they're getting that's a pharisee attitude i struggle with this attitude i have to look for the spiritual needs of folks jesus had a compassionate heart number two starts out with number one it starts out with your eyes you have to see the need this is how you participate in the harvest number two You have to ask God to take your hands for Him. God, hear my hands. I'm willing to use my hands. I'm praying that you take my hands and they're yours. You think about Jesus. He looked at these people and He didn't just preach to them. Do you know what He did? It says He healed their sicknesses, their diseases. He prayed over them. Will God use your hands for you to pray over a fellow person? I had someone come up to me today and pray over me. They put their hand on my shoulder. Use your hands for the Lord. You go up to someone who's, they're just struggling. Or you might not even know what's going on in life. God just placed them on your heart. And you lay your hand on their shoulder and say, Brother, I want to pray for you. Give your hands to Jesus. That's the harvest right there. Jesus laid his hands on people with COVID and sick folks. He wasn't scared. Now, that doesn't tell us we, we do need to be aware. We're not Jesus. But the point is, he wasn't going to allow disease to prevent his hand, healing hands from touching others. Folks need to touch And you allow your hands to be the hands of Jesus. Not only do we give our hands to the Lord, ask God to open your mouth to share the gospel. Your words need to point people to Christ. It says, Jesus looked at those folks, and he saw they were a sheep without a shepherd. Well, how do they meet the shepherd? They meet the shepherd by you and I pointing people to Christ. And my mouth, your mouth, needs to be an instrument of sharing the good news, of word of encouragement, of a word of blessing on other people's lives. There is so much negativity, so much complaining everywhere you go. You want to be known as someone that when you open your mouth, it's positive. There's an encouraging word. There's something of a blessing that comes. From her mouth. Is that you? Have you given your eyes to see spiritual need? Your hands to meet needs? To pray over folks? I want to encourage you. When you pray, folks, you put your hand on their shoulder. And not only that, your mouth to be words of encouragement in pointing people to Christ. You start doing that, Broadway Baptist, I promise you, you will start participating in the harvest. Jesus tells us, he looks around, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, meaning most folks aren't doing this. I bet a lot of us are not doing this. How do I know? Jesus told us. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field you want to start being used by the Lord, you give your hands, your eyes, and your mouth to Jesus. And you will start to see spiritual change in your life. In this church, at school, at work, your Sunday school class, everything about your life will begin to change. You want to be able to say, God, I want to participate in the harvest. We're going to have a time right now to respond to Jesus. You need to respond to the harvest. God is calling you to Him. Next Sunday, we have baptism. You need to be baptized. Baptism is something we show as a follower of Jesus. Listen, if folks in Afghanistan right now are dying for their faith, they aren't embarrassed. Surely, you should not be embarrassed next Sunday to be in this baptistry with me. should not be embarrassed. If they can die for their faith in Afghanistan, by golly, you can walk an aisle here at Broadway Baptist Church. If you are not a member of this church, you need to join right now. This is a wonderful church, a place for you and your family. We are committed to God's Word. We're a praying church. We're committed to spiritual renewal and revival from the Lord. This is your time to respond to Him. Whether you want to get saved, get baptized, or make this your church home, Brother Hurd and I, we stand right here every service. And you respond to the gospel, part of the harvest. So let's stand together. Gene King's going to lead us in our song. And we're going to be waiting for you to come take our hand and respond to the gospel.